Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. This is your host, Sarah Wegman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today, Lacey Stenson, to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Lacey is a partner and chief people officer at North Rock Partners. She graduated from the University of Northern Colorado with the BA in Business Administration, where she was a Division I cross-country, indoor track and field, and outdoor track and field athlete. Lacey has had an exciting career as a lawyer, finance and operations leader, and now partner and HR leader. And somewhere in there, she found time to go get an executive MBA from the Stanford School of Business. Lacey recently joined the Her Next Play Advisory Council, and we're thrilled to have her as part of the Her Next Play team. Lacey, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. So as I mentioned in the intro, you are a cross-country and track and field athlete in college. How would you describe the role sports has played in your life and your career? Hmm. Um, gosh, one of, probably one of my favorite questions, right, is understanding kind of the identity of teaming um, and just the benefit that teams can bring and also this mentorship concept. I know we talk a lot today, especially in the corporate world around the power of mentorship and coaching, but I think sports for me early on, even when I was five, six, playing through middle school, playing through high school, up into college, it really just gave me a sense of purpose and a unified identity. It gives you a peer group almost right away that coaches similar behavior amongst peers. And I think just the discipline and the camaraderie, um, true mission. I love when people find true mission and true passion. And uh, I think it just taught me early on to set the bar really high for who I work with, how we get work done. And more than anything, you know, is the goal in mind exactly what I want to be doing with my life. Great. And you have had such an interesting career path. Can you tell me how you went from undergrad to law school, finance and operations, and now you ended up in HR? So lots of twists and turns. Can you, at a high level, kind of just give us your career story? Yeah, lots of twists and turns. You know, I, I sometimes the, the grass is greener, maybe on on the other side of the fence. And I think when you take a path like I did where it's winding and it's all about discovery and exploration, there's a part of me that gets a little jealous of, of people who knew they were gonna be a doctor, right? Or who pursued education because they knew that teaching and higher education was maybe their calling in that way. That was not my course. I think every three or four years I found new things to love and new groups of people I wanted to be associated with. And so um, I also think there's fields of professional work that aren't even developed today, right? That you wanna leave yourself open to. And in many ways, I think I just discovered new opportunities that either weren't on my radar or jobs that weren't invented yet or companies that hadn't even been built. Um, and so, yeah, I think right out of college, I knew things about me that were true. Thanks mostly to sports. I think I knew I could succeed with a plan. I knew um, that, you know, one always benefits from coaching, whether it's peers or whether it's a true coach or a mentorship relationship in life. And so right out of college, I had a brother in California that um, was just so near and dear to me. And I just felt like I didn't get a chance to meet him because he oddly as well had a career in professional sports as a motorcycle um, a cyclist. 
So he moved out of the house right at 14, basically uh, to California and would travel so much that uh, by the time he graduated high school at 18, I didn't feel like we had uh, much time together. So right or wrong in my head, as soon as I graduated from college, it was all about, uh, you know, finding time with my brother and, and building uh, a true friendship there. And so that brought me to California and always kind of had my, my eye on law school and um, really more social justice. I think uh, it was just something that I fell, fell in love with through studying criminal justice and administration is that there's just a need to lean on a system sometimes, I think, to propel movement. Not all the time, but sometimes there's benefit. And um, before kind of finding law school, I fell in love with some friends on a beach <laughs> that were reading the same book that I was reading. And, you know, my dad always teases me that, uh, you know, I was there to do law school and I was there to do big things. And I ended up finding people who taught me a lot about uh, social give back. And rather than doing a traditional course in, in law school and the cadence there, I, I fell in love with this nonprofit that was doing big things in Africa. Wow. And um, for somebody whose sports brought them more, I guess, stateside, I, I did a lot of uh, traveling with sports more in the U.S. I think I was attracted to the concept of global, global life and uh, fell in love with this nonprofit, worked really hard there. And I think while staying committed to legal and staying committed to uh, kind of what my education had taught me and where I wanted to be, I ended up really falling in love with the passion of what you can do with a committed group of people uh, building an organization. And I think I just started to learn these skill sets about myself, whether it was um, financial acumen or operational design, organizational structure. Um, I, that's when I started to fall in love with the people side of you get to choose who you work with. Like that is an insane concept that I think if you don't fall in love with it early, you start to apply to jobs and you forget there's a choice in the matter. And you forget that you can have um, impact in the culture, right? You take a passive seat on employee engagement rather than a proactive seat. And just like as athletes, right, we're really picky about teammates on the field. And that feedback, I think, is a lot easier, whether it's performance-based or it's um, you're just not seeing your teammate show up for the 5 a.m. runs, right? You can call that out pretty easy. And so I think I learned early on that um, my skill set or where I love to push energy is, is about building businesses. And then it was just a series, my career is really a series about meeting people with really audacious, big goals for how they wanna have impact, how they want to create opportunity for others to have impact. And then it was about finding the product we wanted to sell. And that's how I have built my career. I think there's some education stops along the way that were really, um, you know, selfish in many ways. I'm an academic brain by nature. I like to learn things versus uh, go through the fire sometimes. And so I took a couple timeouts to find the academic knowledge and tool belt along the way. And um, Stanford was one of those tools that I think later on in life, when you know exactly what you want to study, you start to specifically look at programs and professors and national reputations. And uh, Stanford definitely brought me that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So all that led you to your current role as partner and chief people officer at North Rock Partners. So can you tell us a little bit about that role, what you do, what's a typical day like, and what are some of your favorite parts of your job? Yeah, gosh, North Rock Partners, what an incredible story we've had, uh, even just in the three years that I've been there. So uh, North Rock kind of goes by two, two brands these days. There's North Rock and North Rock X. And 
um, North Rock, when I fell in love with uh, that firm three years ago, again, same story. I met the CEO and he's exactly the rocket, right, that I want to be uh, attached to as, as we think about growth. Um, and from there, it was really figuring out where this company was going to go and the role and the influence only I could play or that I can create an impact. And the team was already phenomenal. Um, the CEO is, you know, he's, he's, he's so filled with potential that you forget CEOs also have potential, right? And so when you can identify um, the potential people still have in life, and maybe that's the athlete brain coming out of no matter how many championships you win, like what's the next thing, right? And so that's also how I view people. And um, three years ago when I met him over, over dinner after some interviews, it was obvious to me that he, he wasn't tapping out. And not only was he not tapping out, he was accelerating. And I tend to do really well in, in chaotic, organized environments that want to do more, right? And um, create opportunities for not only me and others to do more, but create opportunities to build, hire people, reinvent yourself, come up with new concepts, continually keep, uh, keep in mind the client. So what I do at North Rock today is, is very different, I think, than what I do at North Rock every year, but uh, next year we'll bring about new opportunity for sure. Today as the chief people officer, I uh, have the privilege really of building an insanely insatiable, curious environment where um, every day people get a question, what's my passion? Where does that fit in this organization? What does that role look like for me? What are the tools that I either need to learn today that exist or the gap skill that I'm looking to um, supplement and develop so I can do the next thing within this company? And I get the privilege of doing it with two different firms, North Rock Partners, which really provides advice and lifestyle planning for um, people like me, executives, and uh, even professional service individuals or multi-generational families. But then I also get, as you know, we've talked about in the past, um, same with you, right? There's, there's this identity of an athlete you can't right. shake, right? <laughs> there's a remnants of passion for the game or for the sport or just the concept of discipline and camaraderie it's brought. And um, I'm fortunate enough on the North Rock X side, which is our professional athlete and lifestyle management company, that I also get an interface um, with individuals coming from a sports background and or clients who are in the game today or who have exited um, or just about to start their career. We've also got a lot of um, early professional athletes that are just about to enter right, the professional cycle um, that we also get to talk about life after the athletes. And so a lot of my role is the exact same there, finding highly incredible best fit talent um, that wants to spend a lifetime with us dreaming and building around the customer experience. It just sounds like such a dream job, like how fun to be able to work with athletes <laughs> at all parts of their professional career and yeah. Yeah, just thinking about their potential and everything that you can do to help support them as they grow as athletes and also leaders and into their ongoing professional lives. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners who are former athletes or athletes potentially would be really interested in working at North Rock X. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, do you hire athletes? Kind of what do you look for in entry-level employees? And um, just a little bit more about some of the opportunities for, for that early career former athlete. Yeah, gosh, you know, athletes uh, or, or athlete-based candidates, you know, they tend to undersell themselves because I think, um, I, you know, I'm not sure when we learn about the resume. My guess is somewhere in high school when you're, you're trying to look, work at Foot Locker or at the mall or right, I guess the world's changed so much since I was 
13. So <laughs> but um, they just undersell themselves because it's not a classification of an internship, right? And I think you and I have spoken a lot in the past about how um, when I graduated college, I felt underdeveloped compared to my peers because they were doing internships with EY or something, um, you know, some organization in town. And I felt more exhausted from the internship that I just did for four years and the commitment I put behind the job. But on, on my resume, it was a one-line sentence, right? It was a decorated division one athlete and everybody else is listing uh, Performa statistics, right? For their four, for their basically three month internship. And I'm trying to classify my four works. So I, you know, I think whether it's advice or what I get to do today, I think it's figuring out how do you identify and create common language for the accomplishments you just went for? And I think the disservice we do is we try to hold out uh, the platform, the award, right? The first place finish or the championship game uh, instead of the um, really, really, really hardly developed attributes of being a leader right. or being follow follower. We don't talk a lot about followership, but I, I think it's equally as beautiful. Not only just the discipline of waking up at 4 a.m. for, for um, practice, but I mean the authentic communication that has to go on in a team. Uh, that is where you get to sell yourself as a candidate. And so we're definitely looking for talent. I think there's attributes at North Rock Partners that are consistent um, and in alignment with a, you know, a candidate who's coming from a, a sports background, just as we are as looking for candidates who aren't on the professional service, uh, professional athlete side of the world. Mm -hmm. But those tend to be confidence, right? Executive presence early on, meaning I know there's going to be a potential there to put them across uh, clients or other professional partnerships that we work with. Um, insatiable curiosity. I think that's something, again, that we put in this box of professional uh, versus athlete. Right. I mean, there's not an athlete I don't know who wasn't successful, who wasn't watching film, who wasn't in the coach's um, office trying to dissect things or get advice. Um, every other athlete I know too is they're supplementing um, the game with um, training, right? With study hours, with um, extra time trying to heal certain body parts. Now you, now there's this idea of wellness, mental wellness that I, I think is absolutely beautiful. And so uh, we're definitely hiring. You know, I think much like any other company, we hire good people who know good people. We hire talented people who know other talented people, right? And so I think what I love so much about what you're doing, Sarah, with Her Next Play is creating opportunities for people to meet. That is the hardest thing. It's going to be even harder in this virtual world, but um, being really proud of who you are, what you've accomplished, both tangible and intangible, talking about it, learning how to sell it and package it, and then putting yourself in an organization like Her Next Play that brings opportunities to you, I think is really going to be the key to success for anybody who's looking for a career, um, not just on the professional athlete front like North Rock X, but um, who's just looking how to stand out, how to differentiate themselves from other candidates. Right. And so that was going to be my next question, which aligns really well with your last comments. But right now, I mean, it's such a tough job market. And um, I really empathize with those student athletes that have, you know, maybe lost a senior season, thought they were going to be headed to a job that offer has been rescinded or an internship that's no longer happening. And so I think it's a really tough time to be graduating into this market or um, looking for internships and jobs. So do you have as an HR leader um, and someone who sees and evaluates a lot of talent, is there anything, any advice that you have in terms of how young professionals can stand out? I mean, obviously you just talked about connecting and, and being able to tell your story, but as you see probably lots of really talented people um, coming in and applying for jobs at North Rock Partners and North Rock X, what's your advice for young people in terms of standing out? 
Yeah. You know, I think my advice on the candidate side is, is much like the advice my CEO gives our senior leaders almost every day, which is know your brand and perfect your brand, right? Two very big tasks. And the good news is I think the bar is a little lower when you're 20, 21, 22, or you're early, I'd even say mid-career, uh, you haven't figured out how to manipulate marketing yet, right? And when you get older, everybody's figured that out. So how you stand out on LinkedIn um, matters, especially matters when you're younger in your career with a candidate pool who hasn't figured it out, right? Knowing what your photo image looks like, how you're delineating your history, how active you are, how you're coming across in the comments that you um, that you write or the interaction that you have with even the companies you're following, um, the types of media that you're putting in front of yourself so that you're a well-rounded person who can think confidently in many different ways. So I would say work on the personal brand. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. I think, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and to talk about like the young kids, it just breaks my heart. I just don't want to. Admit that. Realization. You're not one of them. Neither am I. Oh, I hate it. Anytime I'm in, you know, the kitchen with our operations team, all I can do is talk about like Chipotle to try to relate, right. Or love Chipotle is how old I've gotten to, to connect kids, but um, I'd be thinking about technology because it sounds really old school, but especially in this Zoom world, um, our rock stars right now, those that have been able to thrive in this environment, they're grabbing a hold of technology faster than it can almost come out. Understanding how to, um, you know, we're all in this Zoom world, but the population of employees, even our senior leaders that are able to quickly go learn Zoom in three days, I mean, Zoom 107, 108, not just how to start a Zoom meeting, right, and not fumble on the on the collective chat feature, but I mean, how are you using Zoom to do whiteboarding and to present, but also to create engagement, leverage breakout rooms, um, facilitate a chat feature, right, all of that's there, but I think the core competency is personal branding, and how are you putting yourself out there? So employers like me know you're the upper chalant, right? You're the upper candidates who are curious. You're going to learn something. You're going to survive and thrive through this really peculiar, unprecedented time. That's the challenge. It's not how is your resume, you know, what statistics are you throwing in there? Although I'd say try to keep your resume on the statistical side or, or the selling side as much as possible. But the first thing I do, much like you, Sarah, when you get connected or somebody throws somebody in the orbit around you of, of somebody you've got to get to know, you go to LinkedIn or you Google that, right? And it's really on our side more about getting prepared, right, for a high quality uh, connection. But think, you know, think background image, think if you're going YouTube, if you're doing Twitter, if you're doing Instagram, all of that is there, not as an audit, but as an opportunity for the person who's trying to get to know you to get to know you better. Right. So just, well, I think it's, that would be my advice. It's really interesting because I think we've gone beyond, I think in the, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was all about like, don't mess up online, like don't say, Right. you know, bad, don't ruin your image. And I, I know I always talk to young people, I'm like, it's not that you just, you know, the employers will Google you. And it's not that you don't want them to find something bad. <laughs> it's actually that right. you want to find them to find something great that really does represent you, your brand and, and reinforces your image and tells them something great about you. And so I think, um, it's just so really interesting. This generation spends so much time on social media. So we're always advising, okay, if you think about how much time you spend on Instagram, if you can just spend like one tenth of that time, on <laughs> then that's going to really help your career. So, uh, Gosh, that is so true. What an important distinction, right? Because this is, this is the beauty of this time. This is, is truly what I think kind of the murder of George Floyd has brought to us right now as a society is asking ourselves, are we bifurcating who we are at work? 
are we no longer allowed to like talk about our personal beliefs and our value system at work? Are we still trying to separate eight to five beyond that? I think what you just said is exactly right, which is, you know, show who you are, because I think now more than ever, my hope, but what I think I'm seeing also is that companies like North Rock and North Rock X, we want diverse talent. We want diversity in thought. We want unique humans who are here to engage, to change perspective of thought, perspective of the client experience. And I think as a recruiter or somebody who, who meets people just like you for interactions and, and all day long, it's, I want interesting people. Right. I'm not trying to fill an organization with people who look and, and act like my CEO. I want diversity of thought uh, and inclusion and backgrounds. And um, I think our athletes base does that for so many reasons because they're not the alumni track or the intern track that went through the exact same internship as everybody else in the financial service industry. Right. So well, we always tell our, our athletes, like you want to have that moment during an interview where your eyes light up, you know, and you can the passion and and so um you don't want to play it safe you want to really be your authentic self and talk about things that you know you do have that purpose around so um i want to talk about just your role i know for me when i was in more of an hr partner role like one of my favorite parts of being in hr was coaching leaders and helping leaders develop and so it's been really interesting during the last couple of months with the murder of george floyd all of the implications from COVID and quarantine like it's been a tough time to lead and there's it's, it's exhausting but it's also on the flip side i think such an opportunity for um developing leadership skills and for great leaders to to lead and because we need great leaders more than ever um so i'm curious you know from your from when you where you sit um what do you see as some of the big things that leaders who are leading well during this tough time are doing? Mm, gosh, I, this is where you wish you had like the quotes, right? The, the quotes that have never been said, but um, I think for us and, and our team, where I sit right next to the CEO and, and how we approach our leaders, we have to remind ourselves almost more than ever in this time, our leaders are employees too. And I think carrying that message down so that our leaders understand and hear that I'm also an employee, I think helps them understand if I am struggling or we call it the Monday fog, right? Everybody has it probably not in a frequency of one every five days, but um, there's just days right now, even as leaders who probably have some sort of benefit of profit sharing or partnership or um, maybe a higher variable bonus, meaning there's more at risk this season for them than, than maybe uh, other employees. There's still days where even we wake up and it's like, again, again, I'm going to do a day full of Zoom meetings. Right. Um, I think we've just been talking a lot about really like humanistic characteristics in this season and a firm like North Rock, you know, where we're a little different, truly probably more often than not by chance because of who our CEO is and then by chance because of what the market has done for us in, in rebounding a little bit here is that um, we're not slowing down. And in many ways, I think if you had asked me what my hair, my hopes and prayers were in March, it was that maybe we could slow down this year and get more organized, get more prepared, but we're growing through this and we're developing through this and that comes at a cost. And more often than not, that comes at unseen costs of, of households. So I think our leaders are really, I mean, truly when we're on Zoom calls, we are scanning the environment. It's not about eye contact, I think, for leaders right now. It's it's looking at the brand. Do they look like they're having a hard time, right? Are we not even in day three of pajamas, but who we knew this person to be, their brand, their happiness scores, their level of energy, 
we're trying to scan the room for work environment, right? Those 20 year olds right now, specifically, they're, they're in a roommate like situation where either they're sharing kitchen tables or they're, you know, four months in working on their, on the, on the couch or on the bed trying to do work. We're scanning the room. We've got ears and eyes out for what I call our tiny roommates, right? Our, you know, I know you and I are both moms as well. And so, um, you know, we try to make sure that, that we're not using sharp tones right. with kids, right? Because I think that's a signal of, of frustration or, or maybe a lack of, of empathy that we're probably uh, directing on accident. And so right now, I think as cheesy as it is, it's, it's about the health and wellness of our employees. And I think the role of a leader is to remember what they just experienced is also being experienced, but they have the ability, I think, to take down the wall and to pause Zoom meetings to say, I'm so sorry, I hear my child, can you give me five minutes? And to know that they don't have to have the answers and to break down in that moment, um, to just reset signals, it's okay to time out, right? It's okay to time out and reset. And or what I love the advice from our CEO, uh, which I'm hoping every other CEO is also saying is, the team meeting that was once so sacred because this is where all of the communication came out. It is no more sacred than what we'd call trampoline time with your six year old. So I know we're not in the school cycle right now, but I thought his messaging this spring was absolutely perfect. Is that in that moment, e-learning with your six year old, the gift that uh, COVID has given us is that what wasn't recorded is now recorded. And um, there's just moments I think in life right now where where uh, work isn't the priority and we have to be okay with it. And as leaders, having that message and living that message, I think is a responsibility. But you've got the years of coaching on me, I think for leaders, I don't know if you'd say anything different or any advice you'd give me as a leader, but um, maybe it's a little different from your lens. Yeah, no, I just think um, it's been really interesting to see how, you know, I think great leaders are, are connecting, are authentic, but are also, like you said, pausing to just reevaluate everything. We can't do everything the way that we used to. We have to pivot and approach and lead differently. Um, and so just being able to do that, I think is, is really important. So I want to wrap up. I know we're running short on time. We could talk for hours. Um, <laughs> we have a little rapid fire question part of our podcast. So I'm going to ask five, right. five, just kind of one word answer questions, and then uh, have one final wrap up. So favorite female athlete. Mm, gosh, you know, I, it's going to come with a lot of controversy. I just grew up in the Marion Jones, like era of track and field. And there's still just something I can remember right or wrong. Maybe you equated a little to watching like the Lance Armstrong, right? It's just the magic and the momentum she brought me as a track and field athlete. It just, it got me hooked into the Olympics early on. Yeah. Favorite Minnesota sports team. Um, you know, it's, I'm newer to Minnesota, as you know, right. I just moved here and um, we have such a close relationship with the Timberwolves and Lynx and what Ethan Casson as CEO, I think has done for unifying that team, not even making it, um, about a gender unification, but I mean, he really is taking every entity of that franchise and making them one team. And just cause I know you and I both know a lot of, a lot of the same figureheads in sports here, but you can hear the language change in that team. I mean, they talk about one team. And I think it's beautiful. And, and for that, I'm going to say the whole uh, Lynx and um, Timberwolves franchise. Okay. So best live sports event you've ever attended? Because, mm. you know, I've been privileged more so in the latter half here of, of working with um, our North Rock ex-athletes and watching a lot of them live. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go emotional on this one. But this year, uh, specifically because of North Rock X, the relationships that we've had, the athletes that we support, um, I had an incredible opportunity of flying 
back to the LA area and going to a Lakers game with my brother to um, watch super athletes, uh, nearly courtside, which you don't get to do a lot in life, especially in my <laughs> position, but uh, the people side doesn't get uh, courtside seats, let's just say at North X. So um, I'd say that, yeah, just an average Lakers game for sure, which, uh, you know, shortly after Kobe's passing, uh, passing, which made it all that much more special. Wow. Okay. And I know you, I know you work a lot, so maybe you don't do this, but if you binge watch, what's the last show you've binge watched? Oh gosh, this is like the shameful question because um, I don't know if it's the Stanford MBA or the executive brand, but people always expect you to to talk about HBR and what you read. But I am plugged into to trash news and trash TV. Um, you know, I am loving again, child of the '80s here. I'm I'm obsessed with all things that Kevin Costner is doing on the show Yellowstone. I don't know if you're no, watching I it. Yeah, some of it I think is the Colorado home homeland heritage of the Western culture that I, I love. But Yellowstone, I've got to say right now, is, is capturing Okay, me. I'm going to check it out. So last question, just to wrap things up, at Her Next Play, we're all about giving visibility to women leaders. Is there a woman leader who is inspiring you right now? Yeah, you know, you and I just talked about her, I think, uh, right before this call, because I had a call with her this week, and, and she's been a strong mentor, so she's top of mind for me locally, but um, Jennifer Ridgway, who runs kind of the philanthropic efforts of, of a sports franchise here in town, her story, I think, is absolutely remarkable and beautiful, but um, she and I had the privilege this week to really talk about um, how do you use this season uh, to really slow down and talk about um, how you're creating uh, motion and movement behind uh, your value system. And she does that. She has the privilege of, I think, doing that, running some foundation and some social responsibility initiatives. But uh, that's what brought us together this week to talk. But um, much like the first time I met you, she has me doing kind of the self inventory of, all right, who am I in this season? Not who am I as a leader in this season and who am I as a mom in this season, but doing the self work right now, I think, to think about who I am just individually. And uh, she's just for four days after talking to her, I'm still thinking about her. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of Jen Ridgeway too. So very cool. All right. Well, Lacey, thank you so much for being on the Power Chat podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Sarah. I love what you're doing. So I appreciate the chance to, to just be around you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. You can help support us by heading to our website at www hernextplay.org to join our booster club as a donor or a volunteer and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.